Hey, this is Steve Campbell from the C3 Church. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Our prayer for you is that you'll be blessed, equipped, and enabled as you listen to this message. God bless you. Well, good morning, C3. It is good to be with you here at the online location of C3 Church. My name is Becky, if I've not met you before, it is good to meet you through your screen and to be chatting with you this morning. We have been looking at the life of Jesus. We've been looking at how we can live like him, be generous like him, um, and live a life like Jesus. And we're gonna be looking at more of that today in this final part of the series. But before we get into that, I have a question for you. This is potentially a strange question. It's a question that you may have never been asked before, but this is the question that I have for you. Is your ear pierced? Is your ear pierced? Now, strange question, I know. Fun fact, I actually don't have my ears pierced. My ears are holeless. They have no holes in them to be able to put earrings in. But do you have your ears pierced? I have no particular reason for not having them pierced. It's just a personal preference. Um, I just never decided to get them done. But did you know that in the time of Moses, ear piercing had a different meaning and a different purpose to what we have today? What if I told you that having your ear pierced was a sign of a servant heart? We're going to read some scripture together. Why don't you follow along with me? I'm going to read from Deuteronomy chapter 15, verses 12 through 18. And we're going to break it up a little bit and find out what this scripture means. So verse 12, chapter 15 says this. If any of your people, Hebrew men or women, sell themselves to you and serve you six years, In the seventh year, you must let them go free. Now, let's just stop for a moment. Why would somebody, a Hebrew man or a Hebrew woman, be selling themselves to somebody else? Well, the reason for this would be because they were paying off debt. If you were indebted to someone and you couldn't pay, you couldn't give them any finance, you would instead sell yourself, give yourself to them to pay off this debt. And you would pay with labor and with service towards them as your master. Now, no matter the debt, no matter how much the debt was for, and you gave yourself, you sold yourself to them, on the seventh year, you would be released from those servanthood duties. No matter the cost, year seven, you are free. Now, reading on to verse 13, it says this, and when you release them, do not send them away empty-handed. Supply them liberally with your flock, your threshing floor and your wine press. Give to them as the Lord your God has blessed you. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and the Lord your God redeemed you. That is why I give you this command today. Now, again, let's just break this up for a moment. At the start of this passage, we read Hebrew men or women. It was very specific about the Hebrew men or women. 
And that's really important to note because we're not talking about uh, what they would call foreign slaves or foreign servants. No, we're talking about Hebrew men and women. And that is important because this was a societal thing that they would do that they would help people out of poverty. They would help people out of their debt. And in some translations you would read, and, and it would say, if any of your kinsmen, aka if your brother or your sister sold themselves to you. So it was a societal thing to ensure that nobody slipped into poverty, that there was no systemic poverty within that society, and people would be working themselves literally out of poverty. They'd be working themselves to pay off their debt, to be out of poverty. And it would ensure that there was no poverty across society. But then it says this, on the seventh year when they're released, the master would set them up well and he would supply them liberally. The masters would look after their servants. And it's strange, I know, in our day and age to be talking about masters and servants and um, have that kind of language. But for them, this was very normal. It was a common thing. And it was actually a reminder of God's redemption, that they would set them up well, set them up for su success, that when they released them, they wouldn't just say, OK, you're free. No, they would give them stuff and say, let's set you up so you don't slip into poverty again. And that is how the, the master and the servant relationship worked. It was actually a good relationship. Now, continuing, we're going to pick this up at verse 16, says this. But if your servant says to you, I do not want to leave you because he loves you and your family and is well off with you, then take an owl and push it through his earlobe into the door and he will become your servant for life. Do the same for your female servants. See, there were male and there were female servant, and they were exactly the same. They were treated in the exact same way. Servants were committed to their masters, and on that seventh year, some of them turned around and said, I actually don't wanna be free. I actually want to choose to serve you forever. This wasn't a decision where they could say, I think I'll stick around for another year. No, when they made that decision, it was a decision for life. They were saying they were making a binding covenant and commitment to say, I would like to serve you forever, for the rest of my days. And what they would do is they would go before the judges to make this a covenant, to make this a, a lifelong commitment. And they would take their ear and they would pierce it with an owl. An owl look, would look something like this. A piece of uh, metal with maybe a wooden handle. And it's uh, something, a tool that was used for making holes in leather, maybe belts or shoes, sandals, that kind of thing. And they would take an owl and they would get the, the door frame and they would push the owl through the lobe of the ear to the door frame. And that would symbolize that this servant was forever serving their master at that household. See, this, this one's pretty blunt. It would hopefully be a bit sharper than this. But this was a sign and a symbol to say that they were forever serving their master. It was permanent. And there's two things I want to say about this act. It was both painful 
and it was public. It cost the servant to say, I serve my master. It cost them and it was painful and it was public. It was a choice, but it was not a choice because of desperation. It was a choice out of love. If they loved their master and their family is well off, that is exactly what it says. Because he loves you and your family is well off with them. It was a choice out of love and it was a choice to serve them forever. My friends actually said, well, are you going to pierce your ears live on here? You'll be pleased to know I'm not going to pierce my ears with this owl and I am going to remain without holes in my ears. But I wonder what this symbols to us today, because obviously we don't do that. We don't have that same kind of relationship between a servant and a master paying off our debts and putting owls through our earlobes onto the door frames. That's not something that we do today, thankfully. But I do think that there's a lot we can learn from this. We can learn how we can uh, ourselves couple ourselves to other people and be servants of other people. But we can also see how this is very similar to Jesus. I actually think that when I read this scripture, it reminds me of Jesus because Jesus is a master, but Jesus also came to serve. He was a servant and he served out of love. The Hebrew servant and Jesus, I think, have these four things in common. And I think they are challenges to me and you today about actually how can we live these things out? And these are the four things that I think Jesus and the servant had in common. Number one, it was a relationship based on love. The Hebrew servant chose to stay out of love. And Jesus chose to come to earth out of love. It was a love that made Jesus go to the cross. Number two, it was based on choice. The Hebrew servant chose to remain. He chose to stay. And Jesus chose to come and live and to die for us. And number three, it was based on permanence. Once that decision was made, once that owl was through the ear onto that doorframe, by the way, they didn't stay attached to the doorframe. It came out and created that permanent hole. Once that decision was made, he was forever tied to the master or she was forever tied to their master. And once Jesus died, it was complete forever. There is no changing what Christ has done for you or for me. It is permanent. And number four, it was based on obedience. See, what the master asked of the servant, the servant did. Whatever it was, the servant would follow their master because the servant trusted their master. And Jesus was exactly the same. In Mark 14, verse 36, it says this, Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Jesus was obedient to the will of the Father. What does this mean for you and I? Well, other than the fact that Jesus has chosen us, he's loved us and he has permanently accepted us. He's also given us a very clear example to follow of how to serve, 
of how to be a servant-hearted person, of how to pierce the ear with an owl, he has shown us in his example. John 13 verse 15 says this, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. This is Jesus talking. Well, what is this example that Jesus has set for us? Quite simply, it is to serve others. Well, how has he shown us? And I think there's so many scriptures that we could read and we could explore. But he's also straight up told us. He's shown us and he has told us. See, you and I, me, Becky Campbell, you there watching wherever you may be, we are selfish humans. I know, you might like to think that you're not, and I definitely like to think that I'm not, but the reality is we are human, and our human nature is a little bit selfish. It's to think about me, it's to think about myself, it's to think about my desires and my feelings. And we often feel like we deserve the service, don't we? Don't they know who I am? They should be serving me. Don't they know how hard I work? Don't they know that I'm the boss or I'm the mother or it's me who's the team leader or I'm the teacher or even I'm the customer. It is their job to serve me. And we could insert anything into that. Don't they know who I am? Don't they know that I deserve to be served? Well, let me break this to you and I'm going to try as best as I can to break this gently to you. And here it goes. Listen, take a seat, make sure you're listening here. I'm sorry if this, uh, this goes deep, but it's actually not about you. And you're not actually entitled to that. And maybe, no, you don't deserve it because actually we've all fallen short. We're all unworthy of deserving things. And it's only because of Jesus that we become worthy. It's only because of Jesus that we become deserving. And it's through him and it's because of him that we deserve those things. But no, me, without Jesus, I don't deserve it. I'm not entitled to it. In fact, Jesus goes the complete belly flop. He flips it all up. And he says this, if you want to be great, then you've got to serve. If you want to be the be all and the end all, or if you want to be just a great person, then you've got to serve. Because that is what Jesus did. So my petition to us is that, that we really shouldn't be that guy or be that girl that Jesus talks about when he talks about exercising their authority. What do I mean? Matthew 20, 28 says this, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. Their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must become your servant. Whoever wants to be first must be your slave, must be your servant. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve.
and he gave his life as a ransom for many. Jesus. I love thinking about Jesus, the servant leader, the servant-hearted leader. Jesus, even in Jesus' humanity, when he was a human, when he walked the earth, he taught us in that, in his humanness, he taught us how to serve. Just in these final few moments we have together, I'd love to explore in John 13, an example, a perfect example of what Jesus set of how to serve and how to love others. You may have heard this scripture many times before. You may have heard this scripture be preached about, be talked about, sermons on it. But just take a moment and let's read it with fresh ears and hear how Jesus was a servant-hearted leader, how Jesus was a servant-hearted person, how Jesus was a servant-hearted friend in that situation. Would you just pray with me just for a moment and let's receive this scripture and pray that God reveals something new to us. Father God, we thank you that Jesus was a servant leader, that he was a servant-hearted um, man who walked this earth. And we pray now that as we read this scripture that you reveal to us how we can be more like him in our service of others, how we can be more like Jesus in how we uh, serve our friends, how we serve our family, how we serve the people around us. So reveal to us your will through this scripture. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. John 13 says this. It was just before the Passover festival. And Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them till the end. The evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal. He took out his outer clothing. He wrapped a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured water in a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. And Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. And that is why he said not everyone was clean. When he had, done, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on clothes and he returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now I, your Lord and your teacher, have washed your feet. You should also wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. 
Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Serving is hard. I don't particularly, I don't know about you, but I don't particularly want to wash people's feet. I don't really like feet, especially sweaty feet, feet that have dust on them. I'm doing my garden at the moment. Me and my housemate are doing up our garden and the ground is so dry that every time we dig, dust it's just like dust and it goes in our face, it goes in our hair, it goes into the house and I don't know how because we feel like we've shut every door and window possible. But you walk in and the ground is orange and there is dust everywhere. It's not very nice. And I wouldn't really want to wash somebody's feet who is dusty and sweaty and dirty because they've been walking on them every day. Serving is no fun thing. It's not very enjoyable. But from this scripture, I really believe that there are three key ways in which Jesus served and he wants to show us how to serve. He wants to show us through this scripture, how can we take it? Not so we have to go and wash everyone's feet or do all of those things, but actually how can we take this scripture and apply it into my life and into your life every day? Because Jesus was servant hearted. And here are the three things. Are you ready online? Are you ready sitting comfortable, ready watching through your screen? Here are the three things in which Jesus showed us. Number one, he showed us when. And when is whenever. See, it wasn't really an ideal time for Jesus. He was actually just about to die. I don't know if you picked that up. He was about to be betrayed. It wasn't really an ideal time. He didn't have a bit of spare time to kill, a bit of time in his hands. He was like, what should I do with this time? No, it was in the middle of dinner in the middle of dinner with his friends. I don't know if you've ever felt sick to your stomach about something that's gonna happen. When I was 18, I moved out of home, as lots of 18-year-olds do. I was being taken by my parents in the car up to where I was going to be living, and we were going to go into my student housing and go and drop me off. And I remember being in that car, feeling sick to my stomach thinking, what am I doing? What have I done? Why am I doing this? Why am I moving three hours? Yeah, three hours. Three hours, I know, it's not very long, up the road to go and be away from my parents. I've had butterflies. I couldn't talk, I couldn't eat, I couldn't speak. I was so nervous about the fact that I would be leaving them and they were gonna be dropping me off there. I was filled with emotion. And I'm pretty sure Jesus was human and he felt emotion too. Could you imagine knowing that you were gonna die, the sickness, the, the butterflies in your stomach, and yet Jesus took a moment to stop thinking about self and to serve others around him. It wasn't very convenient. It was actually a bit strange in the middle of dinner but serving people isn't always gonna be convenient for us. 
It isn't always going to be on our time schedule or when we want it to be. It actually is going to cost us something. It means we have to give of ourselves. I think that's what's so key about this scripture and about what Jesus was doing there. He was giving of himself. He was putting himself on the back foot, on the back burner, even though he probably didn't feel like it. He didn't want to. He didn't really have time for it. He had other things to do, other things to think about. And yet he served others in that moment. So he showed us when and when is whenever there's people about. It's whenever God asks you to do something. It is whenever is inconvenient for you. And number two, he showed us how. He says this, he got up from the meal, he took out his over outer clothing and he wrapped a town around his waist. I'm not suggesting that we take a towel around and that is how we do it. He said, after that, he poured the water in a basin and he began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. So don't worry, let's all, not all start worrying, carrying towels and washing feet and doing those kinds of things. But I can imagine this being incredibly inconvenient, not just for Jesus, but on many levels for those people whose feet were being washed. They were probably like tacking into a good bit of, I don't know, flatbed, flatbread and hummus. And he was, they were probably enjoying what they were eating in that moment. And Jesus is there trying to wash their feet. It was really inconvenient and it probably isn't what the disciples were expecting. And it wasn't very pleasant either. Sometimes serving people isn't very glamorous, but you do it out of a place of love. You do it from a place of desire. I was looking after my niece and nephew the other week and we were in the car and we were driving and I was just chatting to Caleb and showing him something. And all of a sudden he said to me, Bebek, why does Indy have dirty hands? And I thought, hmm. There's only one reason I could think of that Indy might have dirty hands and it might be something that isn't very pleasant or isn't very enjoyable. So we pulled over the car and in fact it wasn't very pleasant or wasn't very enjoyable. And it was something that I didn't really want to do. In fact, if I'd had the choice, I probably would have waited for her mother, my mother, anybody to come and deal with that situation on the side of the road because it wasn't very pleasant. But when you love somebody, serving them, whatever they need, when it's inconvenient, when it's a little bit odd, it's a bit out of the blue, you serve because that is how Jesus has shown us. He's shown us who, and he's shown us how. Inconvenient ways to serve. It's not always enjoyable, but it is always rewarding. So finally, he showed us who. He says, having loved his own who were, in, who were in the world, he loved them to the end. For he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said that not everyone was clean. This final one, it blows my mind. Jesus knew. He knew that Judas was going to betray him to his killers. He knew that Peter was going to deny him and said, I do not know that guy, Jesus. He knew, and yet he served them. 
He got down on his hands and feet. He got down with the dusty, stinky, sweaty feet and he washed them. He got them close to his face and he scrubbed them and he cleaned them and he wiped them and he served. We're not always going to be able to choose when. We're not always going to be able to choose how. And we're certainly not always going to be able to choose who. See, the people are, like I said earlier, selfish. We are selfish. We're not great. We're not, we're unworthy. We're a bit rubbish at times. And we betray people. We deny people just like the disciples did. But Jesus still chooses to serve. He still chose to go to the cross to die for people who are going to be horrible to him. It's a challenge for me. It's a challenge for me to invest into those people, even though they might never reciprocate, even though they may never understand what it means for you to serve them, even though they might not even know that they're one of those tricky characters who just grates you the wrong way. They may never know, but what they will see, what they will know is the love of Jesus. What they will see is that you have served them, that you've given up time, that you've given up your convenience to serve those people. Invest in the tricky characters. Love people when it's inconvenient, in inconvenient ways, and when they're really inconvenient, tricky people. Give time to those people. How do we do all of this? Well, it's by serving Christ. How do we follow his example? By serving Christ. A couple of weeks back, Rosemary shared about how we imitate him. And if you haven't watched that, I'd encourage you to go back and watch the other ones in this series. Because as we imitate Christ, as we follow his example, as we wash the feet of those around us, as we serve the people that Christ asks us to serve, that is when that we will become more and more like him. We follow Christ by becoming like him, by serving others. Because as we serve Christ, we won't be able to not serve those around us. As we follow and imitate him, it will spill out to those around us. So I ask you the same question I started with. Is your ear pierced, metaphorically? Is your ear pierced? Are you a servant that has publicly and has forever chosen to serve Jesus? See, our ears should be pierced, not with an owl necessarily, um, and not physically, maybe metaphorically, but our ears should be pierced to Christ. Why? Because our commitment should be to Christ. We should have a permanence and obedience out of love for our master. It should cost us something and it should be public. Like the owl cost the person who was getting his ear um, pierced to the doorframe. It cost them and it was public. And it should be out of love. It should be our choice. It should be permanent and it should be obedient. Let's serve Christ by having our ears pierced to him and by serving others. 
just so he has so beautifully shown us and set out for us. I have a final question. Maybe you are watching this for the first time. Maybe you're joining us at C3 and you haven't heard about how you can permanently gift your life over to the master Jesus. Maybe this is the first time you're doing this. I wanna give you an opportunity to do this either for the first time or for a way of recommitment. And maybe you have done this and you are a Christian, but maybe you wanna use this prayer as saying to Jesus permanently, publicly, choosing to love forever and piercing your ear to Christ to say that you are his and you're gonna serve him. Maybe you wanna redefine that today. And we're gonna say a prayer, so if this is your first time, way of recommitting, or whether you're using this prayer as a way of piercing your ear to Christ, then I'd like you to just follow along with me, pray this prayer with you, and afterwards, make it known. Part of what we said is that it's public, so make it known. Tell somebody, tell somebody that you know who's a Christian, or pop it in the comments and say, that's me, I'm piercing my ear today. Yes, whatever it is that you wanna say, make it known that today you've pierced your ear, metaphorically, and you have committed to Christ. So here we go, are you ready? Let's pray this prayer together. Dear Jesus, thank you for going to the cross for me. Thank you for piercing your body, for dying on the cross so that I could be free. Today I choose to pierce my ear for you. Today I choose to become your servant. Today I choose to put you as my Lord and Savior. I am sorry for living my own way. And today I put you as the Lord and center of my life. Thank you for accepting me and thank you for bringing me into the family. Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Hey, if you did that for the first time, a way of recommitting or a way of just saying, today I'm going to re-pierce my ears, I'm going to make sure somebody knows about it, well done. Welcome to the Ear Pierced Club, whether metaphorically or not. Hey, I hope you have a blessed Sunday. I hope you've enjoyed the series and you've got something out of the message today. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We pray it's been a blessing to you. Why not share it with your friends and family through social media? If you're not on the regular podcast list, then why don't you subscribe? Thank you especially to those that give. If you want to give to this ministry, you can go to our website, thec3.uk slash giving and get involved. God bless you.